this is uh, uh, point four, this is point four a three in our <laughs> show notes. Buster only reports that umpires may check pitchers' balls eight to ten times per game, and I just think I just think that's that's going above and beyond. Yeah, that is going above and beyond. Welcome to another episode of Battery Mates. It is a special edition. I don't know if it's a special edition. It's a summer edition. Um, baseball's being played on both, um, on all three of our, our screens right now, I think. Um, so if we seem to all um, lose con- lose uh, focus, um, it's because we're paying attention to what's happening in our respective games. But I am here in Chicago, uh, where it is raining very heavily. Uh, I'm Toby, and <laughs> joining us... From as always, from um, merry old uh, England is is uh, how do you pronounce it? Is 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 Matt Hugh? Matt Hugh. Um, this is I think this is my last time dialing in from London, England. Oh, um, moving moving house in in two weeks two weeks time to to Manchester, New Hampshire. Um, so I'll be dialing in there from <laughs> uh, dialing in from there. But we are also we are also joined. Uh, Eager, eager to get in <laughs> by by Brent Colburn, a returning guest. Brent, where are you dialing in from? I am uh, I am in Princeton, New Jersey, bucolic Princeton, and I don't know. I'm not wearing headphones, so you guys may be able to pick up on the drone of the cicadas in the background. They, I can hear them here. I don't know if you can hear them uh, through the computer or not, but yeah. I don't so need it's the a fun summer here in Princeton. They are they are loud. So you're dialing in from the nice bit of of New Jersey. I've been to. I've been to Princeton before. I I did a tour of the of the campus, and um, the person giving the tour made a really big deal of like the spot on is it the chapel where there's a like a cannonball yeah. mark where there yeah. was the battle, and they like wow. said it to me as if I was like responsible or should some like it was a pre- there was a pregnant pause as if they were leaving it for me to be able to say <laughs> i'm sorry they were, so, they were um, like waiting to drop, drop a tenor on the way out to help with repairs like <laughs> i would have liked to have seen that yeah no you should have felt at home here it kind of it kind of feels like england in that very uh hogwarts kind of way here so the whole thing was the whole thing was really good fun i enjoyed i enjoyed the tour and then they told us how much it costs well, it, after that. To, to be fair, uh, uh, now I feel like I got to put my work hat on. This is actually um, per capita the most affordable place in America to go to college if you can get in. So, over sixty-five percent of our kids are on full aid, um, and actually, the average cost to go here is less than nine thousand dollars. Now, that doesn't mean everybody pays nine thousand dollars, but those who can't afford are taken care of here at Princeton University. You're just clicking right in. Hey, look, I'm I'm here to push back on the elitist, uh, um, you know, the the caricature that you you know folks from England seem to carry around about one of our (laughs) finest institutions of higher learning. You identified the problem there, though. That it may be it may be affordable to go to if you can get in. Yes, I I ain't getting in. Well, I don't. Hopefully, no one from my office will listen to this podcast. But um, I could not have gotten in here. Luckily, that did not process. If they had gone back to my high school transcripts, I'd probably be working somewhere else right now. So, 
Well, Brent, it is, it is really great to have you uh, back again. And um, our guests can't see it, but you are wearing both a Washington Nationals cap and a Norwich City jersey, which is extremely uh, well-targeted for the, the hosts of this. Uh, uh, the only way it could be better if it was a, uh, if you, I don't know, a, a Cleveland... No, there isn't such a thing I mean, as a Cleveland World Series ring, is there? <laughs> yeah. I don't that's, think that's they had rings point. back then, no. <laughs> they, they celebrate it's been, it's been so long they hadn't invented rings yet i like that idea <laughs> now the way you celebrated back then was i think you you ended up like you know tying a uh a jug of beer around your neck and you couldn't you know you couldn't go anywhere before it finished so that's how you celebrated a, a championship I think the, the, winners got, the winners got citrus to help you know ward off scurvy <laughs> and other <laughs> other diseases they hadn't fixed yet so they, you were really playing for something though it was motivating <laughs> So we're gonna. So the way we start off all these new episodes uh, this season is with a series of rapid fire questions. So yeah. the nature of the questions are meant to be answered quickly. Um, so take as long as you'd like. Uh, <laughs> um, the the first question here, um, Brent. What's the last game you went to in person? Last baseball game. Yeah. So I've been to one major league game uh, this season uh, about a month ago. So um, my my wife Nicole. Uh, I've been married since we last talked, so uh, so that's been that was my big COVID development. Um, she is a diehard Bay Area sports fan. Grew up going to Giants games, um, going to Warriors games back before that was a thing that people did. And uh, and and I convinced her to move to New Jersey from um, from San Francisco. And part of my penance for that is that every time the Giants uh, or the Warriors are close by, we go. So I actually saw I've not seen the Nationals play this year, but I saw a Giants Phillies day game uh, that was interrupted by one of the most violent rain delays I've ever been in uh, in my entire life. So, you know, again, just really scoring husband points left and right. So we, we, we did what she wanted to do, but ended up shivering the entire time. So. It was a real. It was. It was. It was a really great, great day. It's I really, I really wasn't sure where you were. I wasn't sure where you were going to go when you <laughs> got to the point in that sentence where you were at a Phillies day, uh, a Phillies day game, and it was the most violent. I don't know. I don't. There's a, there's right. a number of no. You number would of things think, that could have ended you would with think with less people in the stands, but you know, people from Philly they step up. You know, they're they meet the challenge. <laughs> it was. It, it was really weird. We went, uh, this was before they had started to lift any of the, um, really lift the caps on crowd size. So it, it was strange. We bought, um, the, the challenge was, I, it was, you had to buy tickets in pods. And uh, this is, you know, uh, being somebody who wants to, you know, watch a dollar. I, I was desperately trying to get a two-person pod because if not, I would have had to pay for a four-person yep. pod, even though there were only two of us. So, um, but it was surreal. It was really surreal. You know, and people were, you know, we were all kind of like huddling on the concourse to get out of the rain, but still trying to stand six feet apart, which was very, very strange. Um, <laughs> but uh, it was fun. It was good to be back under the you unusual know, circumstances. I, I was asked, um, my wife asked me what the last game I went to was the other day. And I realized that the last game I went to was the Washington Nationals playing in the World Series. Yeah. That <laughs> is... Yep. Maybe I should just never go to a game again. I can just always say, that last time I saw the Nationals, they were in the World Series. Yeah, you, you'll leave out the part where they lost that game. Sure, sure. Yeah. 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 They, they won World the series. series. That was all, that's, all that right. that's all that counts. Okay, the second question. Uh, what is your, who is your favorite minor league team? 
Oh, so uh, good question. Uh, I have lived in a lot of minor league towns. So like uh, the two of you uh, came up doing politics, worked on a bunch of campaigns, which took you to some of the took me to some of the garden spots of the United States. So um, I got a, a few favorites. Big fan of the Lansing Lugnuts. Let's go nuts uh, in <laughs> Lansing, Michigan, uh, home of Thirsty Thursdays, uh, two dollar beers uh, and a number, at least if it's still the way it was back in 2006, a number of the bars around uh, the Lugnuts Park um, will honor your ticket stub for two dollar drinks uh, that whole night, which makes for a fun, fun Friday at work. Um, but currently, uh, my favorite team is just down the road here, the Trenton Thunder. So they, uh, uh, happy to unpack this a little bit more. Probably too much for a um, too much for a rapid fire question. But they were actually supposed to be eliminated this year, but through a, a weird twist of um, Canadian border politics, they actually have a team right now. They have Montreal's minor league team, which usually plays in Buffalo, but that's where Montreal is is, uh, is playing right now. So we have the uh, the Buffalo Bison Trenton Thunder hybrid team playing down the road for the season. No, it's, it's seriously, this is crazy. When they're in Trenton, they play as the Trenton Thunder so they can sell gear. And when they're on the road, they play as the Buffalo Bison. Yeah, it's totally what? crazy. Totally wild. insane. And then after the season, they'll be defunct. So they'll go and, and, you know, with this realignment of all of the minor league teams, there were about 40 teams that got basically kicked to yeah. the curb. But some of them have been picked up with a bunch, you know, my, Major League Baseball basically invented a whole new set of these kind of kind of rookie league teams and kind of short season teams. Mm-hmm. So they have one of those. So there will be a Trenton Thunder, but it'll be below a class ball. It'll gotcha. be, you know, 30 game schedule, end of the summer kind of thing. So. Um, so, yeah, definitely not. I mean, it's it was the double A team for the Yankees for years. So a lot of great players have come through and it was a big part of the Trenton community. And it was <laughs> it was really a bummer when the, the realignment kicked them, kicked them out. But then, you know, look, Canada's loss is Trenton's gain <laughs> all the time. So. Uh, so, yeah, we got we got one last gasp of real minor league baseball right now. Brett, have you ever caught a foul ball? No, okay. not even close. Not so, even close. So my follow up of what you did with it is not relevant. Um, no, the, the closest I ever came, and this is kind of minor league related too, is I think we talked about this last time we, we all talked uh, on the podcast. Um, my first team I ever saw was the Hawaii Islanders, which was a Pacific Coast League team that doesn't exist anymore. Um, but we did do the whole stay late, stand out on the fence, hope they throw balls up. So I got one of those. And I, yeah. you know, I was a military kid. I dragged that thing around the country for like, like it was some special keepsake for like over, you know, for decades. But I've lost it at this point. But yeah, that was that the closest I got was somebody throwing it 10 feet and me managing not to bobble it. So. <laughs> All right, this is one I wrestle with most games that I go to. Do you go with the 20, 20 ounce bad beer or the small import option? Well, I mean, you know, the, the grayer my hair has gotten, the more I've gone for the high quality option. So, you know, I, I, I think it's pegged to age, right? Um, I also find I end up driving to the games a lot more than I used to, right? Especially because we're in Princeton. So we're usually going in to see the Mets or down to see the Phillies, uh, you know. So I'll, I'll, I'll probably have one nice beer is kind of where I'm at right now. Uh, unless I'm in D.C. and taking the train. And then, uh, like, last time we went to see the Nationals uh, lose in the World Series, I'll have a few, a few cheap ones. Yeah, I think age, age but also the inning. I, yeah, I start the game. I'm going. I'm going higher quality, but by by the seventh inning, I'm getting two twenty ounce. Yeah. <laughs> so you're just so at that point, you're just drinking to get drunk. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Yeah. So it's they, really they about a, motivation. 
they make it a comp, uh, you know, kind of a competition. They try, they try to, they, they gamify it for you. So we're going to stop serving alcohol in the seventh inning. So you really yeah. got to load up if you want to ha- always yeah. have a drink in your hand. Yeah. Um, I will tell you, you know, next time you're in Michigan, Thursday nights in Lansing could be for you. You know, $2, I, you know? I, will, I will go nuts. I yeah, will go, go nuts. nuts. Thursday, Thursday, <laughs> nuts, man. Let's go nuts. Uh, we're we're going to do a live battery mates from Lansing one of these days. Oh, just tell me. It would be great. Uh, you know, that is in, um, uh, for all the political folks out there, that's Alyssa Slotkin's district. You guys know nice. Alyssa? Yeah. Who's, who's a wonderful person and a good friend. She would, I'm sure she would love to host the pod uh, at, at Lug Nuts Park. <laughs> well, I think we have a, a plan for uh, the next yeah. time you're here, Matthew. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, joking aside, we, we are looking at a um, a road trip, a battery mates road trip in September, uh, taking in a game on a Thursday night in Chicago, then driving over for a, a Friday night game in, in uh, Cleveland. Oh, nice. We, we That drive takes us pretty close to Lansing. Oh, yeah. 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 So, yeah, I mean... Yeah. We could. Uh, look, yeah, I'm, let's, let's, considering, let's I'm considering this an invitation, so let me know. <laughs> uh, we'll see what the minor league schedule looks like. So. Well, you've already you've already offered to drive, so that will that will help. Exactly totally. right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna pull my weight. I'll pull my weight. Last rapid fire question: um, When is it okay to leave a game early, in your opinion? Um. I, uh, well, look, I'm, I'm going to project here because I do not have children. I think that depends on if you have children or not. I, I would defer to Matthew on what the, you know, if you're trying to keep a small child alive, what the answer to that question is. <laughs> Short of that, I'm a bit of a bitter ender. I think you paid for the ticket. You're there for the game, right? You know, I think that, um, yeah, you know, and you got to stick, you know, if you're a fan, right? You stick with your team, win or lose. So I, I, I try to stay to the end, I, unless unless you have somewhere better to be. I guess is the only caveat <laughs> caveat to that. So um, yeah, yeah we, I try um, to stay. Uh, we're gonna go around the horn. Yep. Yeah, I guess it's now it's time to go around the horn. And okay. um, uh, Brett, you're probably familiar with this section segment of our program, um, but these days we invite you to actually like talk about this stuff with us, mostly because <laughs> we're tired of talking to each other um, about baseball and baseball related things. I'm what surprised it took this long. To be honest, you guys. it didn't. We just fake it really, really well. Uh, and the accent, his accent, and my accent, actually, yeah, uh, they both really help. Um, let's get through. <laughs> so around the horn, I, I just want to start with a fun little, uh, a fun little item here, which is um, two little, two things that happened in Pirates games about the last couple of weeks that are uh, just ridiculous. Um, uh, the concept of stepping on first base uh, is not an unwritten rule, and um, the, the Pirates seem to have forgotten that. There was that play in the Cubs game, and I'm not sure if you, you remember seeing that, um, where there was a ground ball to first, and Javi Baez kind of just like started backing up away from the, the first baseman who had the ball yeah. and, and got into a rundown somehow and forgot on a force out with two outs in the inning. A run scored because uh, the ball was, it was, it's, 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 the whole thing is, um, uh, shouldn't happen <laughs> in a major league game. <laughs> And then, um, the, then last week, uh, Brian, Key Brian Hayes, um, the rookie, uh, who's amazing, uh, hit a home run. I think the first, second inning of the game, and forgot to step on first base, running around, and and it got, and the, somebody caught it, and they uh, ended up <laughs> recording the out at first after he had crossed the plate, um, which is a real. <laughs> That's it's a, a major real, league move. It's, I think it's a major league move. Is the <laughs> terminology you're grasping for there? <laughs> Awful. If you if you did if you did that in any in any game below like 
single A level, it would cause so much bad blood. There would probably be a fight. Imagine if you did that, like in a pickup game, like you know, a bar, a, a bar league. That would cause a an actual fist fight. It's like, no, 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 it's not a home run. You didn't stop the first place. Okay, we're now fighting you. Yeah, yeah. Right. that's right. I, but the other side of that coin is. You know, professional games are now basically like a surveillance state, right? There's so many cameras everywhere. I mean, how often do you think that just happened in the course of games before? And it, just, you know, no one was looking at the guy's feet, and he didn't quite touch first. You know, so um, so I blame technology. I guess that's why <laughs> I blame technology for uh, for this. You know, the thing that that you know, Toby, you said it's not it's not an unwritten rule; it's an actual rule. <laughs> I, I just kind of. My apart after I'd stopped laughing at like the fact that it had happened, I kind of feel like it should be an unwritten rule to not call someone on it. Like he hit he hit the ball out of the park. It's a home run. <laughs> Don't be a dick. Don't be a dick. Yeah. No fan. No fan is coming to the stadium to see the the home dugout like keeping a keeping a camera trained on whether somebody's touching all the bases. That's not what we're going to a game to see. I just thought that was kind of a dick move. It's, it's... So I, I, I agree in theory, though. I do think, um, I do think Matthew, you might be suffering from some um, situational altruism here. I can, I can imagine what you would be saying right now if that had been the difference between a win and a loss for the Nationals in the playoffs. <laughs> Maybe all in the playoffs, but like, it's, it's, June. it's June. It's <laughs> June. I do like that idea that there should be like the the rules should get stricter as we get closer to the playoffs. That exactly. It's situational, exactly. It's a good life lesson. <laughs> well, it's it's it's, it's funny. Like, it's not even a, you know it's a it's it's a formality, right? Running around the bases yeah. once the balls left the park, and we've gotten rid of the formality of even throwing four balls on an intentional an intentional walk. So I wonder if you could just have that be just like stick up the four and or like you know the you know we don't even have to go around the bases. You flip the bat and you walk back to the dugout. Um, the runs count. Um, I don't know. It's a, maybe a rule change that Manfred can can bring bring to the, the sport. Um, let's move <laughs> the, move on here. Sticky stuff. This is the big item I think on most baseball players' minds, it, and it's, it's even you know you're starting to see the story covered in like actual newspapers and whatnot, yeah. uh, which is weird. Um, but so let's let's dig in on sticky stuff. But before we dive in on any of like the the, the details here, are there any like Brent or Matthew, like anything like, do you have any thing you want to get out of the way? Like, are you using anything right now um, that you want to admit to uh, before we start throwing throwing bombs? Well, the rules are different in England, right? So I, <laughs> my, Matthew may be doing things that aren't allowed here in a civilized country like America. No, I am not. I am. I am. What you see is what you get. Uh, sorry for that. So I mean, for for me, I just. I just take an approach that is to think about the traditions of the game that are handed down from generation of player to generation of player. And I just try to think about the, the way in which we've approached the game throughout the history of the game. Honorably. 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 It's it's sad just that it's trying to play year, the game the right way. In this year, twenty twenty one, that people have finally started cheating. <laughs> it's unfortunate. I think I think where this breaks down is, or where we're landing on this one is, 
really the how this is going to be portrayed in the media and how the league wants it to be portrayed. I think that's the big uh, issue here. Um, so the background for people who aren't familiar with the story is why, why do people, why do pitchers use sticky stuff when they're pitching? It's been long, like there's been this like kind of uh, handshake agreement between teams and players and batters and, you know, and pitchers that, you know, let them use a few, let, let them use something to make sure they have a grip um, and make sure they're not like going to, you know, throw a fastball in somebody's face, um, which by the way, that happens all the time in Major League Baseball right now. Our catcher got hit in the head yesterday. Um, but, you know, so there's like this idea that like, hey, if, if it keeps them, allows them to have a little bit more control and they're not throwing a 95 mile or fastball at my face, I think I'm okay with that. What's happened is uh, the, the benefit of using sticky stuff um, allows uh, the pitchers to, to increase their uh, rotation on their pitches. So the the RP the actual, literally RPM um, uh, and, and outside of like actual like tacky substances, the only thing that can increase rotation is velocity. And you can't really just increase your velocity without like an actual training program and all that stuff. It's really hard to do. So you bring in foreign substances like spider tack and, you know, a combination of sunscreen and rosin and pine tar and whatnot. Um, but this is, you know, this has been going on. Foreign substances on baseballs have been going on since probably the beginning of the sport, right? You know, the, the old spitball, and it was was fairly famous back in the, you know, middle of the 20th century. I, I and, and like, you know, I remember there being, a, my dad and I going to a game that had like a, turn back the clock, like two inning game before the actual baseball game started. And they, they have all these like hall of famers and old timers playing. Um, and they had, I forget, I think it was Jim Perry, like Gaylord Perry's brother who got tossed from this, like, I think it was staged, but it was performatively, um, you know, the umpire came and like checked him out and he had all of this, you know, constant substance after substance in his pockets the umpires like tossing him in you know in every direction and threw him out of the game which is really funny and memorable as like a six-year-old seeing somebody get thrown out of an old-timers game but um (laughs) (laughs) so what's happening now is you know this has been going on forever and what's happening now is that pitchers not only seem to have figured out that this really helps uh increase the the rotation on the ball um, which helps the fastball, you know, defy gravity a little better. Helps the breaking balls drop a little more, um, and it seems to have taken uh, Travis Sawchick at the score says to put it this way: is like, you know, there are always been people who've been speeding. You know, there's always people who break the speed limit. Uh, now it's just like people, you know, a whole lot of people are going, you know, 65 miles an hour in a school zone, and so that's the that's the difference. Um, but the but the real question is like. There's going to be a crackdown, as far as we understand it, with Major League Baseball right now. Uh, and the why now is really the what we're getting at here. And I think I'm going to stop here and kind of like, what? what first of all, do you have a sense of how big, is it, how big of an issue do you think sticky stuff in the sport is right now? Um, how much sticky stuff, again, are you willing to cop to yourself? Um, and yeah, Matthew, Brent, what, what, what do you think is like, Zero to ten. Is this a very serious scandal, or are we in a manufactured crisis? Well, I, I would start with just the the unrelated thought that I, I assumed every Cleveland Indians game was a turn back the clock game, that it was like <laughs> stepping back in time. 
from a social perspective, sports perspective, what have you. But <laughs> but that's another topic for another uh, another episode. Look, I I I think um, look to <laughs> to call back on my own idea from earlier. I think some of this is is this idea again that like baseball stadiums have become almost a surveillance state for players where, you know, I, I can't imagine trying to cheat today when we have cameras that can literally capture and are designed to capture every moment so we can do instant replay and we can slow down frames to so, you know, precisely to be able to see if you touched the bag or missed by a millimeter. The, the fact that, you know, the, the Astros would have tried what they tried with the, um, with the trash can, that you would try to do something with a foreign substance when it's against the rules. I think people are getting caught more because there's more technology in place to catch them. Even just the speed of the cameras that we have that allow you to say, oh my God, that ball, the rotation on that ball is is more than that pitcher had last year. How did that happen, right? right. So I, I think that there's a technical piece to this. I'm kind of a purist on this, to be honest. I, I'm not a big fan. I, I think that, look, the whole point of sports is to test if I'm better at this than you're better at this. And so if you're if you're doing something to give you an unfair advantage, and you get caught, there should be consequences for that. Now, if you want to try, that's another thing. But if you get caught, I, I think there should be consequences. You know, even with your speeding analogy, the cop still can give me a ticket for going 70 and a 65, right? It's still right. breaking the rule. So, so that's riding that out on that one. That, that, that last point is kind of how I feel about it. Like, I kind of want there to be rules, and I kind of want players to try and bump yeah. up against them and color outside the lines. And then I want there to be a big row about people getting called out and ejected from the games like the 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 kerfuffle is part of the fun like the other day uh trade turner got called out for running um outside of the baseline and davy martinez like pulled up the first base out of the ground and like threw it <laughs> across the field and it was like the best thing that happened in that entire game it was like a big row over the interpretation of that rule and I, I don't want to watch robots play a computer game. I want to watch yeah. humans getting ticked off and like, you know, the the thing, um, one of my my favorite baseball book is the book um, about the pine tar incident with Jeff, uh, Jeff, George Brett and the Royals. And it's just a fantastic book. And it was kind of like a crazy incident. And is one of the most well-known incidents of, of in, in baseball history. And it was like a row. It wasn't like a great play or it was just like a crazy moment. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, so I, I do think, though, that, that baseball does need to take it seriously because like a lot of things they're doing at the moment, like I think the, the commissioner is not good and does a lot of things wrong and is a kind of a moron. But at the same time, there's a consistent pattern to the things they're trying to do at the moment, which is to take away the huge advantage that the pitcher has at the moment. Like there is the, the 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 a lot of the rule changes that are coming through uh, uh, fit in with this, which is the pitcher is so dominant now in a way that just wasn't the case in George Brett's time, and people don't want to see, you know, thirty, forty no hitters a year. They want to see uh, balls in play. So uh, you know, on one level, I'm kind of like you know, it's fun to watch arguments over this stuff, but on another level it fits in with that broader picture of we need to get bats hot again 
Yeah. I, I think that's right. I, w- I would just say two other things. I would say, you know, Toby, when you said, um, is this a manufactured controversy? I mean, this is a manufactured world, right? I mean, you know, look, <laughs> it, it literally, we're, we're, we don't have to do sports, right? And, you know, from a utilitarian perspective, right? So, you know, I, I think it's another chapter in the story of baseball, right? Which is a kind of a manufactured escapist world for all of us. I will tell you, if I was a player, you know, the the, the other end of the spectrum of, of that idea is that, Look, this is how people make a living, right? Yeah. And and you know, if someone's using sticky stuff to give themselves an advantage, they're taking dollars out of the pockets of somebody whose batting average goes down and they may not be able to sign for a bigger contract. They're taking dollars out of the pockets of a pitcher who might not use it but might be as good or better and not get picked up on a roster. So, you know, I think just from a business perspective, I think that, you know, the more you can cut down on the nonsense, the better the better off things are. I think the so I think the bigger question from from my standpoint, the bigger question is what's like this seems like there's been a kind of gentleman's agreement that there's a little bit of cheating's okay. You know, you can use the sunscreen and rosin, you know, that mixture. It seems like people have looked the other way for decades on this. Um, and it seems like there's an obvious reason why they're, they're pay, people are paying attention now. One of it's that people, we can see the, the, the black stuff on a red glove, <laughs> you know, like that looks suspicious. Uh, and then there's cameras everywhere catching this stuff. But, uh, and and some pictures are not even being like all that surreptitious about it. That's another problem. Uh, but th- there's the other thing that Matthew was saying that you know pictures are better than they've ever been, and offense is way down. You know, April was the worst April in baseball history, I think, in terms of offense, and May was like the third or fourth worst. So and strikeouts are higher than ever. And so you're right. There's like this idea of how do we crack down on the how do we give offense a boost or take an advantage away from some of the pitchers. And I think we're going to see baseball kind of drawing, Major League Baseball trying to drawing a line. You know, maybe, maybe this these substances are okay, like a rosin. There's a rosin bag on the mound for a reason. You can use that, but beyond whatever they whatever they're deciding. I I think what I mean by a manufacturer crisis is, it seems pretty convenient that the other thing we're not talking about right now is the fact that the ball seems to be completely deadened, um, like more than they admitted to. Uh, and there's a lot of we're, we're going to find out more as the season progresses, but. It does seem like Major League Baseball might be the reason why offense is down because they they yeah. fucked with the ball, not because pitchers suddenly used more sticky stuff. I don't. I think they've been using sticky stuff for and probably more good sticky stuff for a while, but we're seeing the ball just when it's hit in the air not go as far, and you know the ball off the bat is just is is a little less, um, a little less. Uh, there's more. It's no, the perform, ball performance on contact is noticeably down, and so I think you're seeing a situation where both kind of similar to the steroid era where major league baseball is letting the players be the villains in the media. You know, the the people who get caught for this are going to be the ones, you know, Garrett Cole, Matthew was um, doing his best Garrett Cole impression earlier, which by the way, if you haven't seen his interview, it's as a media, as a media professional, Brent, do you have a take on that response? Have you, you see it? It it was a, it was a different strategy, (laughs) right? Um, I wouldn't put it in the playbook, but you know, I'm, I'm not. Again, I'm not the on-air guy, you know. So um, it was, it was, a, it was a mo- talking about moments. It was a moment. It was a long moment. <laughs> it's a long moment. Yeah. I mean, just the transcript here, the beginning of the response that you got to ask directly if he had, he'd ever used spider tack, which is a one of the stickiest substances that we know pitchers use. Um, here's the, tra- the literal transcript. Um, I don't, I don't know, I don't know if. Uh, there, I don't quite know how to answer that. To be honest, 
<laughs> it, it felt like a it's a it's like a transcript that needs stage directions, right? Parentheses <laughs> there that say crickets or long uncomfortable pause or stares blankly into the camera because even that doesn't capture. Yeah, the art. I read yeah. that like four times as fast as it actually came out of his mouth. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it 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 sounded to me like the answer of somebody who thought that they were um, under subpoena. That they were like (laughs) that he was worried about perjuring himself. He was so careful in his wording without caring about the presentation of his answer, and that was it was so bizarre. I mean, you really do have to watch it. The transcript is crazy, but doesn't even come close to uh, giving you the full sense of just how painful the answer was. That's right. That's right. I will. I will also say before we wrap this one up, Toby, on the dead ball. I, this is going to come as a shock to you, uh, given your background in democratic politics. But uh, sometimes there's there's differences in the way our society reacts when the system cheats versus an individual cheating. So this, I know it's a it's a crazy idea, but sometimes when the institution does things that are clearly wrong, that we kind of just go with it, right? But if an individual, oftentimes there's more consequences. So just a. <laughs> Uh, this is the kind of stuff we, I learned just through osmosis at Princeton, being here on campus. So, <laughs> well, I think we all well, we're thing... all praying for Rob Manfred in this in this scenario. Yeah. So, that's right. Yeah, but they 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 do seem to be taking it quite seriously, and they they're gearing up for a, like a you know actually intervening. And I'm kind of for that. I I want the ball in play more, and I want the advantage to be tilted back towards the the batters. But there's there's one thing people can't see the show notes that we have here. And I just think it's essential that people um, see this uh, point that you put in here, Toby. You've written, I'm just going to read out exactly what you've written here. Uh, This is point four A3 in our (laughs) show notes. Buster only reports that umpires may check pitchers' balls eight to ten times per game. And I just think... I just think that's that's going above and beyond. Yeah. That is going above and beyond. For the umpires to check the pitcher's balls that many times, I just, you know, that's an invasion of privacy, if nothing else. I mean, it's six, seven, tolerable, eight to ten. That's just, <laughs> a line has been crossed. Oh, I mean, it's the pace of play, though, um, <laughs> depending on what the play is. Um... <laughs> Oh, that's great. Um, I'm sure more to come on this. There's a lot more. We have a lot more in our notes um, because yeah. there's a lot on this subject. We we didn't even get into what Pete Alonso said in the same. I think the same day as that Garrett Cole <laughs> interview, where he basically alleged that Major League Baseball is um, is 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 basically creating this kind of pursuit based on how many free agents there are of batters or pitchers in an off season. And granted, Major League Baseball has done some crazy shit. Um, so I guess it couldn't be. You know, I won't put it. Wouldn't put it past him, but it does seem like a level of sophistication and uh, uh, I, I, I'm just shocked. I'm shocked that a major league baseball player is engaging in conspiracy theory. That all <laughs> new idea. Well, let's take a quick word from our sponsor and then come back and re- finish wrap up the around the horn. This episode of Battery Mates is brought to you by Spider Tack. If you wanna get your fingers sticky or in luck, get Spider Tack and get stuck. SpiderTac would like to remind you there are at least a handful of legitimate uses for SpiderTac on the field, and great for pranks. Now available at several retailers and pretty much everywhere online. If you want to get your finger sticky, you're in luck. Get SpiderTac and get stuck. If you need to get sticky, look nowhere else. Get SpiderTac and go stuck yourself.
All right, thank you to SpiderTech. Uh, complete coincidence that they were our sponsor this week. Um, but I know that that jingle, uh, partly co-written by Toby, will really stick in our listeners' minds. Uh, so it is well worth the money they have spent with us. I am definitely looking at a, a road trip, uh, Battery Mates live road trip in September, and um, that sponsorship money is absolutely vital uh, to help smuggle me into the country. It's not going to be an easy one. Um, so thank you to Spider Tech. <laughs> let's um, let's finish up going around the horn. There's a couple more points we want to we want to talk about. The f- the first one is um, you know Toby, I, I know that you were. Uh, back at a Cubs game in a in a pretty full Wrigley Field, uh, Nationals Park is um, on paper able to uh, sell all of its seats again. <laughs> we are very bad, and so we are not selling all of our seats, even though we can. But fans are back in the stands, and so it feels like a good moment to kind of have a bit of a retrospective look back at um, how the how the how the how the organisations have have done during the course of the the pandemic and Brent I know this is something you think a lot about with your communications hat on and 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 thinking about how you know the relationship between teams and the communities they play in during the pandemic I mean what's your sort of big takeaway of the last 18 months yeah so um first of all I think it's it's safety first for the nationals it's not the record Matthew we're just trying to keep (laughs) keep people safe and if that requires incentivizing people to not come to the ballpark, that's what we're going to do, right? Because we care. Um, uh, so look, I, you know, I, I think I mentioned earlier, uh, I, I live with uh, my, my wife, uh, which is a good thing. And she is a, a big sports fan, a big, big NBA and MLB fan. And so it was really interesting uh, kind of watching the two leagues. I'm not a big NBA guy, but it's on our house a lot and watching how they both approached bringing people back last year. So I do think you have to think about the pandemic in two chunks, right? There's last season, kind of the height of the pandemic. How do you deal with the fact that we can't have anybody in the stadiums? And then this year, how have they done bringing, bringing people back into the stadiums? And, and I actually think um, the NBA did a far better job than MLB creating a product that still felt connected to, to the community. And in a way, you know, I think it was a bit of a metaphor for how kind of the two paths that every organization took right mlb or sorry nba went into the bubble they used technology really creatively to kind of bring fans into the experience through video boards it it felt more like what you would usually see on television they were very smart about how they use camera angles you know and 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 in a way doing the bubble was just an acknowledgement that this is a different environment right and you also had great moments where players from other teams were able to watch it was like this is something different and it's going to help me get through the pandemic right it's something i can watch and enjoy and 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 kind of take my mind off this <laughs> what the the world's going through and major league baseball I felt like going back into the big stadiums empty was a bad idea. Every time there was a home run and they panned to the empty stands, it just reminded me of what we were missing. I thought the cardboard cutouts were cute for the first day, and then again, were just a reminder of, of what we weren't doing. And and even when you're not at a game, that sense of community that comes from seeing fans as part of the experience, I think, is really important to connecting you to the team, right? And actually, Matthew, I'd be curious. You know, you watch literally from a, an ocean away, but uh, my my guess is you feel more engaged and involved if there's people in those stands than when it's just playing in an empty park. So, you know, uh, again, not to not to overplay my hand on this big idea, but, you know, some organizations were like, okay, how are we going to be inventive and creative and meet this moment in a different way? And then some organizations were thinking, how can we do as much of what we usually do 
right? And I think the ones that took the first path, first path the NBA in this case, position themselves much better. I, I didn't watch a lot of baseball last year when I was looking for stuff to watch because I, I, I walked away from the games um, reminded more of what the pandemic had taken away versus it being some sort of escapism. So, Yeah, I, I mean, that rings true for uh, rings true a lot for me. And, you know, in addition to everything you described, watching from an ocean away is also about the fan experience on Twitter. And, yeah. Um, fans who are in the st stadium um, posting photos, video clips, yada, yada, yada. And um, the conversation that happens on Twitter. Um, so I, I, I watch Twitter almost as much as I watch the game from this far away. It's part of the experience. And that, that really fell off a cliff um, with, with no fans in the stadium. But it, it also, to me, really underlined just how far baseball is away from the kind of online experience of anyone under the age of yeah. 45 um you, you know baseball baseball like withdrew even further away from doing good content um during during the the lockdown uh whereas other sports like pushed forward and did more and so like masson is 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 like a is a garbage fire masson is the the local a TV provider for the Orioles and the and the Nationals, and they're bad anyway. They've been historically really bad at making content, and during the lockdown, they withdrew and made less content. You know, the podcasts went away, and the, you know, the uh, they reduced the number of um, staff they had, and it just it just has felt like a really massive massive missed opportunity to, yeah. um, you know, you you know. Uh, like the NBA, I don't follow NBA particularly either. But like you, you, you know, see other people, other clips that people have posted, or you know, on the For You page on TikTok or whatever, the clips that from like clubs have used, organizations have used the fact that there are no fans in the stands to like increase the number of camera angles or to show yeah. you what it looks like from you know sitting in the in the on the court or sitting right in the in in the top tier or whatever it might be. Um, baseball is so far away from. Uh, even just like standard good practice for online sports coverage for fans and it's got worse during the lockdown and that's really really frightening because you know the commissioner is obsessed with pace of play if we don't sort pace of play we won't get any young fans involved it's like that is tiny <laughs> compared to if you can't get like really fucking cool clips of Juan Soto bat flipping straight out onto social media and like you know not yeah, all of that all of that kind of stuff you know there's a, there's a million examples that's, yeah. a, that's such a bigger threat to me and they haven't taken advantage of the lockdown and in fact they've made it worse i i agree i agree 100 percent. and in a way you know that creativity and again the nba is just i think a good example and it was interesting because they were happening in parallel it was fun right whereas baseball felt like a grind right even just the idea of having to travel led to COVID outbreaks and having to skip games none of that happened in the bubble not only the in-game content you're talking about, but you know, having all of those players in one place, like you wouldn't want to do it every year, but what a fun experiment for one year and all mm -hmm. the content they were creating about what it's like to kind of live in this almost college-like atmosphere <laughs> with, with all of these folks you usually play with. And it, it just, it was a missed opportunity. They could have done something really creative, right? They could have gone to a bubble. They could have played in venues they would never usually play in. They could have, they could have done a lot of things, but instead what they basically did was how much of what we usually do can we continue to do within the rules and put a, I thought, a, a substandard product on the field, so. And I also, sorry, Toby, you should jump in as well, but like, I, I also think that the, 
um, from what I've seen, um, the teams didn't really step up for their communities either. Yeah. Like now we're coming out of this, it, it, it does feel a little bit like they did some PR work around, you know, are we, you know, gave out some food parcels or whatever. But, you know, like some of the clubs in England, the EPL teams are, are spending serious amounts of money. They um, uh, had players calling up elderly fans during lockdown when they were lonely. Like mm. there were players on our teams who were spending around 90 minutes per day, five days a week, just calling fans as like part of their work. And, um, you know, the fact that the NBA were using their stadiums for you know, vaccinations, for food bank collections, for um, for uh, social resistance voting during the um, elections, MLB just didn't step up in that same way. I think Fenway was used for vaccinations, but, you know, it, it, it doesn't feel like MLB put itself at the heart of the community in the way that other sports did. Did you, Matthew, did you get one of those phone calls targeted at Elvin? <laughs> a personal anecdote? Um, I, no, I think you're right. I think you're right. And look, it's it's either they're not doing it or to go back to your point, they're not getting it out there enough. But, you, you know, you think about the other moment we had in America last year around race in this country. I can't name a Major League Baseball player who was out using their platform to push for social justice to raise issues of equity and and you know you can think of at least one person from every other sports league in this country uh, both men's and women's right so it does feel like there's something missing there yeah i think it's i and i think you're seeing it a little bit in the the way they're handling the vaccine uh distribution and and the way they're kind of leaving like this came out the other day that anthony rizzo on the cubs you know star player beloved player in chicago um has chosen not to get the vaccine and you know uh, this is a it's it's just it's you know i understand there's a certain level of everybody there's personal responsibility here and people have to make their own personal health decisions i guess but the sheer level of uh of what that impact that's going to have um now that we you know people uh who look up to anthony rizzo think that's a a valid response to a situation like this um uh is just really sad and and i think you know there may have been right i think there might have been during uh the protests last year i think there might baseball was just about to start back up and i think there were i remember there being briefly some like arm locking t-shirts that were made up i think they had blm and the major league baseball logo made back yep. blm for but it was very brief i mean this part of this same uh it was the same moment when cleveland announced it was going to think about changing its name um so there were some things that happened but you're right it's just too little and it's for whatever reason if it's if it is happening it's not happening to the level that it should be and they're not making it they're not communicating it right um and i I think yeah baseball several stadiums were doing the vaccine uh in in the ballpark and i think we don't hear about that much because there's this like uh, maybe it's among baseball fans getting vaccinated isn't a huge isn't it must not be polling all that well (laughs) or whatever they suspect I think there's something to that. And then if you go back to the idea that you got to kind of judge the league on what they did during lockdown and what they've Mm -hmm. done in the return, you know, again, because we just follow the Bay Area very closely. I think what you're seeing is team by team, market by market, 
it's just, you know, some teams are doing great, some teams aren't, and it really is a reflection of the communities they exist in. San Francisco was one of the first sports um, uh, organizations to basically say we're going to mandate vaccines or we're going to have sections that have mandated vaccine community that very progressive, right? And and you saw in Texas on opening day when we were still in, in you know, basically hot spots all throughout the South, they were like, we're going to have 100% of our fans no matter what. And so in a way right now, I think you can't judge the league you have to yeah. judge it based on the market. But I do think, Toby, to your point, you're seeing paralysis at the league yes. level because they're so scared of scaring off their fans. And I do think if you polled amongst their fans, it would look very different than the fan bases of other other um, other sports in this country in terms of how they feel about vaccines, how they feel about Black Lives Matter, how they feel about a lot of things that are going on in the country right now. Yeah, yeah, and I think that... that, that yeah. I, that I forgot about that Texas <laughs> home opener. Jesus. Um, my goodness. No, I, I think that they're, that you're right. Like, I think that the paralysis is such a good word for how uh, baseball has kind of handled all of these situations. I think there's just, and what, it's still what makes that the all-star game decision so remarkable. It's, it's outstanding. Yeah, that's it, right. it, it, like in that literally it stands out. Like I, I don't, I don't see it that happening again to be honest it's, it's outstanding yeah. but it also feels a little bit like rob manfred is like i've done my one progressive thing yeah. this season <laughs> yeah i mean it's i'm still impressed by it but i i, I think that i can't I, especially considering everything that's happening now and how much blowback they're getting i i wouldn't be surprised to see if it, I, I would be very surprised if anything like this ever happened again um i don't I think, think they're, right. they're not getting any they're not getting any benefit from it really are they yeah, well no and it, it's it's um I may have heard this somewhere, but it's, you know, it's, they, they decided to do, you know, it's the least important game uh, and the most important issue, right? Yeah. So, you know, uh, there's a little bit of a mismatch there. And I also just think, look, I don't think you're going to see it again because I, I think that Major League Baseball's management to their own detriment is trying to tack their way through this, right? They're basically yeah. going with the wins. So I think you'll see the pendulum swing back the other direction. Whereas, and again, I'm, I, I keep using the NBA as an example. I think there's other good examples out there, but you know, they've had a leadership for a long time now that picks a direction and goes at it. And it's been very advantageous for them. If you look at global global growth of basketball over the last 20 years, they've been the boldest on a lot of these issues. And I think those things aren't mutually exclusive. Right. You know, so right. so there does feel like a leadership failure uh, within baseball. Except except on China. I don't think the NBA is covered That's themselves in, totally. in glory on China. But, you know, the fact that that stands out says something about the broader picture. And, you know, quite often in these discussions we sort of veer towards communication strategy and you know they're, they're messing this up or they're messing that up but i don't know about you brent you've done this a lot longer than i have and you're more of an expert but like to me the 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 the, the big thing that kind of sits below that discussion of communication strategy is the fundamentals of the product you know so <laughs> yeah. often you sort of like oh are we selling this the right way we're we selling this the wrong way most often it is just like it's a bad product we're never going to sell it and the fact that the mlb players are unwilling to get vaccinated even when it's like literally there on a plate like i can't remember who which team it was the other day but they announced like you know we've 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 met we've made it to 85 percent it's like you had two months to make it to 85 percent. <laughs> you should have taken two days yep. to make it to 85 percent. and so i think you know the the problem the problem with baseball when it comes to these issues that that the NBA is so good on is that the the players and the owners and the organization is unwilling to do the right thing 
and, That's and right. you know so they they could they could like you know pick a you know pick a pick a message or you know we could think about ways in which they could communicate themselves better but like the fundamentals of the product when it comes to progressive issues, not strong. And that's the, that's, right. that's the basic problem. I think that's right. And look, I, I think that, you know, um, I've learned, we've all learned the hard way through our careers. There's a big difference between a communications problem and an actual problem that's playing out in public. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, a communications problem is, is you know, uh, Matthew, what you were talking about earlier, they're not leveraging their platforms well to get good content out. Like that's a communications <laughs> Right. But, but the idea that um, you know not having having uh, people vaccinated—that's an operational issue, right? And and look, I'm you know, you know, we, we don't actually work in the space, so we don't have to worry about the intricacies of collective bargaining. But you know, you have to get a vaccine to come work at the university that's a half a mile from where I'm sitting right now, right? Yep. And and so if the right thing to do is to keep your people safe, then you should require vaccines and figure out how to message around that. You know, and, and I actually think you may lose some fans on the margins, but I don't think you'd lose many. And I actually think you'd you'd harden the fan uh, uh, connection to those people that want to be associated with organizations that do the right thing and act out of principle. Yeah. And, and I, I just, <clears throat> you know, putting my um, uh, uh, what the hell is going on over there correspondence hat on for, for a moment i'm going to talk about, nice talk about a two-way street these days so we can you know <laughs> sure, sure. just go one direction um but but there's there's been a, a big blow up at, at norwich city this week with um the announcement uh you know on soccer jerseys if you don't know they have a big sponsor on the on the middle of the jersey it's like the principal sponsor for the organization their their, their name is 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 of very high profile it's right in the middle of the shirt and um is everywhere during during games and um most premier league teams are sponsored by betting companies many of those betting companies are um not even british they're they, they're often asian particularly uh aimed at advertising in the chinese betting market because you can't advertise betting in asian markets it's not legal but everybody watches epl and so they you know and hmm. Norwich have just got promoted to the EPL, and a company called BK8 uh, uh, announced a sponsorship deal with Norwich. It's worth five million pounds for one season. It's like literally double what we've ever been paid for one season before. It's a really significant amount of money. Um, lots of fans weren't happy with being sponsored by a betting company because of the way in which betting in its modern, um, uh, you know, this is not like kind of kind of going into a ground and putting two pounds on who the first scorer of a goal is going to be or what the score at halftime and full-time will be. This is a, 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 a an industry in which two-thirds of the profits they make come from people who are addicted and have pro you know, a problem with gambling that ruins their lives, where two-thirds of the, the profit comes from. So lots of people weren't keen on Norwich having a betting company being the sponsor anyway but after it was announced people started doing some research on this company no one had ever heard of them before so we're like let's look at what they've got on instagram what they had on instagram and linkedin and youtube and tiktok was um like soft pornography like women in Jesus bikinis Christ. like doing like, like sexualized uh like game show kind of things pretending to um you know give a hot dog a blowjob and stuff like that to advertise this betting company and people went nuts and people were really upset in a good way or a bad not, way in a very bad way <laughs> okay good good um well yeah. it except, for how you're the, looking at. except for the people that were were happy to see linkedin finally getting a little racy <laughs> <laughs> yeah people people do not usually 
pursue that form of advertising on LinkedIn. But no. you know, people were very Norwich fans were very very angry, and that's no. because Norwich have tried to present them well, it's not just present themselves, but to be a community club, to be an organisation where uh, women fans and gay fans um, are welcome, and where it's not just a kind of about points and profits and prizes, but about what does this club represent about the city and the region and and so people were really really angry about that and after three days the club cancelled the contract they wow. literally ripped up the contract with bk8 um it, there's no financial uh, cost to them doing that they haven't had to pay bk any money back but they don't get that five million pounds so right now at the time of uh, you know the time this is coming out norwich is five million pounds down on the budget we thought we would had um, which is a serious amount of money for a, for a club of our size. And they did it purely because they wanted to stay true to those values. And I think that, you know, this is the thing about, you know, I think Brent, you just said, like, baseball trying to kind of, like, do the bare minimum it needs to do in any given moment to get through the day, rather than picking a spot and sticking to it. NBA has picked some values and picked a kind of like a bit of, of of culture that they want to be true to and they're building up a level of trust and support and uh, passion from fans and that's what Norwich have tried to do they've tried to say this is where we stand and it might cost us money and that money might mean we go down but if you want that kind of club that's who we are if you want the kind of club that will take any money from anyone uh, from the Glazers, from betting firms, from whoever, in order to reach 14th place in the EPL, then that's not us. <laughs> and some fans are pissed off about that, but they're actually getting uh, developing a really deep loyalty from a, a larger group of fans, women fans in particular, but also you know other fans that haven't supported the club in the in in the past. And I think that, that that's just not that's not just good progressive values, which I support obviously, but it's also good business. Yeah, that's and you right. see that from the NBA, but you're not seeing that from the MLB. No, I think that's right. And and you know, look, I I, I I'm wearing my Norwich jersey as you mentioned earlier, and and <laughs> you know, I first started following the team because we sat next to each other in Chicago randomly. But you know, the reason that I'm still a fan uh, a decade later, which is terrifying, uh, is well, one, I, I love a good relegation battle. I just can't get. <laughs> The second, though, is that it is a team that I, I feel like, you know, you can be proud to be associated with from a values perspective when you watch a lot of other teams in the EPL and in other leagues that you wouldn't feel that way about. And uh, and I do think it's good business. And look, I would say, you know, the irony here is that the greatest single example of, of following your values being good business actually comes from Major League Baseball. It comes from the integration of the Dodgers, right? Mm. Bringing Jackie Robinson on was a, a, a not only the right thing to do, and I think it was done out of uh, a place of values. But it was a it was a great. I mean, the the market the Dodgers opened up to, for themselves among Black Americans. You still have Black families across this country that are Dodgers fans because of what happened in 1946, 47, right? So um, I, I agree, and I think if you're building for the long term, people want to be associated. I mean, you hear a lot about it in other. Uh, in other sectors right now, of kind of you know values-based um, marketing, you know what is a what is a product stand for? You're not just using a product; you're supporting an organization or, or a business that has an impact on the world. And I think that the the teams and the leagues that are figuring that out are going to be better positioned for the long term. I think that's dead on. And I, well, more to cover on this. Uh, as we, I mean, I, I have a feeling that we're going to be talking about um, something around Major League Baseball. 
um, making a controversial decision um, sometime in the near future. I don't know. It seems to be every freaking episode at this point. Um, and there's a whole CBA situation in the offseason that we'll have to talk about. Um, but I, I want to wrap. I want to wrap by saying um, one one thing we didn't really get to, and I don't think we need to cover it. But uh, there have been now th- two or three instances of pitchers getting hurt running the bases uh, or swinging the bat. Degrom really got hurt, uh, missed a few weeks from an oblique injury, I believe. Uh, and I am I I, I just want to you know I don't want to get into a debate about designated hitter right now, although it seems like that's imminent uh, probably in the next season or two. The I next week, um, my dad and I are taking our annual baseball trip to Pittsburgh, where we will see. I think Shane Bieber is scheduled to pitch. Our best p- player, uh, our best pitcher by a long shot, and uh, a player that if we <laughs> he were to get hurt, I think the season would take a turn real fast. Um, uh, we already had one pitcher uh, break his thumb taking off his shirt. So uh, if, if <laughs> can't can't make that up. Um, so. But, but, I just want everybody to know how terrified I'm going to be be in the stands watching that game, watching Shane Bieber try to bunt or whatever the fuck they have him do. Um, I just hope he stands there with the bat and doesn't swing. I really just want to automatic out. I wish you could just say, you know, hold three fingers up and just say that three strikes. I don't even need to go through the the, the, <laughs> the formality of throwing the pitches. Um, just in the off chance that he could get hurt. So uh, I'm going to leave it at that. Um, but Bartolo Colon came very, very close to doing that. The, the extent to which he would stand with the bat on his shoulder, that was as close as you can get to an automatic three-strikeout. Yeah. I, and look, we don't need to get into a designated hitter uh, uh, fight, but I think baseball players should play baseball, uh, and playing baseball comes with risks, and the risks are the same for everybody. So um, I consider that a level playing field. Absolutely. Also, look, to take your own logic, you know, if, if clearly – Pitchers should not be allowed to take their own shirts off either. That shouldn't be a requirement within Major League Baseball. <laughs> I, I 100% agree. I, I, I'm, I, you think I'm joking. I think there should be peep attendance in the stands. or in the. <laughs> maybe it's a fan week. You know, you win some lottery and you're there, the one to take the player's shirts off. I think, I think it'd be popular. Um, That's marketing savvy right there. That is marketing savvy. <laughs> oh, well, with that, Brent, thanks for joining us. Um, uh, have, you know, have a great um, summer. I hope you get... You don't, you're not going to make it to a Lugnuts game unless we all go to a Lugnuts game. I've been saying, um, never say never. It's, it's a whole <laughs> new world as we come out of this pandemic. We'll, we'll see. See how motivated I get. I guess what's the, it's the Trenton who? Trenton Titans? Thunder. Thunder. Well, when they're at that? home, Buffalo buys it on the road. <laughs> Very confusing. <laughs> so it's the toughest equipment manager job in the in all of baseball right now. I'm I'm still hoping to go to a New Orleans Bass Lines game at some point this season. <laughs> I'm not sure we'll be able to, but if we can get to a, a Lugnuts game, um, yeah. let's get that down there early so we can see some of the Lugnuts shagging some balls. Yeah, we'll do it. And look, I, before we wrap up, I would just say, um, Matthew, you know, look, I, I know you guys don't have five million pounds lying around, but real sponsorship opportunity with uh, with Norwich available right now. If I would love to see battery mates. <laughs> across the <laughs> if you want one big play this could be your big play so i wish we yeah, had been ne- saving ne- money ne- on that ne- next season next season's norwich jerseys will say batch two mates go shag those balls yeah there we go that's that I, the, it's a community slogan for a community club so <laughs> shag those balls everybody <laughs>
you wanna get your fingers sticky, you're in luck. Get spider tack and get stuck. If you wanna get your fingers sticky, you're in luck. Get spider tack and get stuck. If you need to get sticky, look nowhere else. Get spider tack and go stuck yourself.